have made a wise decision and turned, turned, I can never say that right, tuned in to uh, the greatest priest podcast in Payne County, maybe in the diocese of Tulsa, state of Oklahoma, the Pastors of Payne Show, uh, myself and Father Brian O'Brien, Brian O'Brien, Brian O'Brien, not not here again. You know, we record these in doubles and he, he just happens to be out this week. Uh, so pray for him and pray for the parishioners of St. Francis Xavier, especially uh, for you all who are coming back to Stillwater uh, this summer. Uh, you may have been gone because your professors, your faculty, your staff, uh, college students, and so college students, uh, a lot has a lot has changed. A lot has changed. The church over on the corner of Miller and Knobloch is, as everybody says, so this is uh, this is pretty pretty big. So there's that going on. There's a lot of new ministry going on at St. Francis Xavier. So for you all who are townies, who uh, who are also adults. Uh, and are looking for a parish, uh, St. Francis Xavier on the corner of um, McElroy or McElroy and Country Club is your place. Now, for you college students, the corner of Miller and Knobloch, but it's not done yet, yet. So uh, go to buildingsaints.com or Catholic Pokes on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook, all those, or you can uh, contact me directly. Uh, you, you have my phone number. Every every college student seems to have it. And just check in, and there's some really good stuff going on, as I said last week. The first week of school, Bible studies, mission trips, pilgrimages, uh, small faith groups, uh, meals, Sunday student suppers, and you can find all the mass times there. So for parents and grandparents, send that awesome info out to your kids. So last week... We had Senor Brett Aikens uh, on this show, uh, our development director. And as I said, a lot of things have changed in the city of Stillwater this summer. There is a new associate priest named Father Robert Healy. Uh, and he uh, he came to us from St. Anne's. And he's the new associate at St. Francis Xavier uh, you know, our rectory has been full all summer. That six-bedroom house has had six people in it. Now it's down to five uh, with uh, Kyle Dowd staying around for, for the year as his pastoral year. And Father Robert Healy, the new associate at St. Francis Xavier. Well, something new has happened at St. John Catholic Student Center. Not only has Brett Aiken showed up, uh, but we we have, for the first time in history, a um, four priests in the city of Stillwater and a uh, a new associate at St. John who goes by the name of um, James Sterling Porter the, the third. third. That's correct. The third. The third. Whoa, 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 how did you get like obviously did you just did you just add that to the end of it because you wanted to be called JP3 instead of John Paul the second JP2? Did you make all that up or is there still is there really well, you know, when uh, James Sterling Porter II or Jr. looked upon his newborn boy, oh, boy, he saw all the potential and greatness there and just said, <laughs> and just said, JP3, yes. Yes, JP3. It's like apostolic succession. You know, you know there's parental succession yeah. when, genetic succession when you have a JP3. 
Indeed. Wow. Well, hey, hey Father, Father uh, James, uh, James Porter III, you're, uh, tell the people, what, what parish did you come from? So I, you... I came from St. Benedict's Catholic Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Where, home of where's the... that? Where's that? Yeah, For the people who live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or in the Middle East, or maybe you're in uh, Central California in the Central Valley and you have no idea where Broken Arrow is, tell the good people of God where Broken Arrow is from. Well, for your people who are curious about Oklahoma geography, yeah, please, uh, I am. Uh, I am too. It's a suburb of Tulsa. Uh, separate though, uh, has its own structure and everything. It has uh, its governance. own names. Okay, yeah. now don't get mad at me, people in Broken Arrow. But I think when you change the names, going from Tulsa to Broken Arrow, it's lame. It's confusing. <laughs> Olive, I don't know. They're like, you need to turn on Kenosha. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Well, the good people at Broken Arrow are very understanding when you. Uh, ask for directions because they too sometimes have difficulty understanding. I had a, a, uh, an old lady, uh, an elderly woman, if you will, uh, ask me, you know, do you ever get confused around here? Because I get confused. I've lived here for 20 years. So I think, you know, it's fun. But it's a, it's a you know, offshoot, uh, you know, kind of in the Tulsa metro area. Uh, it's like an arborist named all the streets. It's like, Olive, Olive and maple. That's and, right. And uh, Aspen. Yes. I'm like, yeah. stop it. Okay. Anyway, you, yeah. you were there as the, uh, what'd you do at St. Benedict's? Uh, brought Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Wow. So, okay, great. Yeah. Thanks. So, uh, you know, just, I was the associate pastor, uh, was ordained in 2019. Uh, and, you know. Wait, wait, wait. When's your priest anniversary? Which day? June 28th. Yeah, it was just a couple months ago. Yes. And in fact, when I was ordained, it was the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's one of those dates that move around in the calendar. So on that year, it fell on my ordination date. So I was June 5th, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. When I was ordained a deacon. Whoa, wonder twin powers. Activate. activate. Okay. So, yes. so you ordained, uh, rewind a little further. Uh-huh. Uh, where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college seminary? So I went to Charles Page High School in Sand Springs, home Sandite. of the Sandites. Yes, and uh, in case you're wondering what a Sandite is, it's someone you want to be, as uh, <laughs> as uh, my uh, high school teacher once told me. Someone <laughs> you want to be. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So, and then I uh, graduated high school in 2010, entered college seminary right afterwards, uh, went to Conception Seminary College for four glorious years. Well, and then three and a half me. Okay, sorry, keep going. Oh. Huh? Some need a little bit more times than others. I know. Yeah, we're finding out so much about one another just here in the radio. Uh Yeah, and then uh, after that, went to Cincinnati uh, for five years. So I did four years of study and then a pastoral year, which is like an internship. Uh, And so I lived in a parish, did parish ministry. What parish was that? Uh, Church of the Madeline in town Tulsa, so downtown-ish. And oh, twenty second in Harvard, twenty two, twenty two South Harvard. There you go. Yeah. All I know is it's it's got the only Burger Street, and it's got that. There's a mental hospital. Yeah. So there's a mental hospital across the street, and uh, yeah, a lot of. Uh, There's a famous pizza joint just a couple blocks away from that and Ty's Burgers. Oh, because it's on the same street. It's on Harvard. goes right down to TU. Yep. My old stomping grounds. Oh, St. Philip Neary Catholic Newman Center at the corner. Oh, my gosh. I love yes. those glorious days. Anyway, St. Okay. Philip Neary, pray for us. St. So. Philip Neary, the second evangelist of Rome, pray for us. So you went to Cincinnati. Like, why, why would they send you all the way to Cincinnati? Well, for the chili. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. No. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, so... What happens is is that when you are uh, uh, sent off 
to a seminary, and there are no Catholic seminaries in Oklahoma, so we send outwards. And so when you go to study, you are studying uh, as a diocesan seminarian at the time, you're studying with the hopes that you come back to that diocese or region. And so uh, bishops, you know, uh, called me and said, you're going to Cincinnati. And and so I said, okay. And, <laughs> and okay. Uh, yeah. And pretty simple. Pretty simple. You just go and, and it was one of the uh, best uh, things that could have happened for me because I really grew in my faith. I matured. I, I really uh, was instilled a sense of mission for Christ and, and his church there. And, and it was a privileged time. I still have friends uh, that I uh, went to school with. That I still stay in contact with. So, so it's a beautiful time. And, wow. and he learned about five five way chili. Oh yes, the That's, five way chili. Yes, uh, yeah. Skyline. What are the chili. what are the, what are uh, what is the ingredients in Skyline chili? And isn't there like cinnamon. nutmeg? Oh, it's cinnamon. That's right. Well, you know, honestly, I don't know. I just know that, uh, in my opinion. It is better than Gold Star, which is a controversial topic in Cincinnati. But Gold Star, isn't that, what it, isn't that the same as Wolf Brand? Comes out of a can, also known as Alpo? <laughs> for, no one's listening to for, this in Cincinnati, so we can say whatever we want. Uh, this was not WKRP or anything. That's right. Well, okay, so that, that, that some formative times. Did you did you have an apostolate uh, when you are in Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, so I uh, we had several. So my first year I went and... Uh, uh, visited the sick in so, nursing home. So let me let me say, an apostolate is what? Describe it. Well, I mean, like definition. Ooh, something good. you want to be. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. So it's uh, a short definition would be like a mission field. So like where you're sent out. You know, uh, you know the place where you are doing ministry. Okay. And so uh, my first year was a nursing home. I uh, taught. Uh, Religious education in the nursing home? No, uh, sorry, I'm, I, I. Uh, oh, your second uh, year. Second you, year. You, sorry, always clarify. That. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so my first year I was in a nursing home. Second year I was in a uh, parish teaching religious education. What what parish was that? You want to give them a shout out? Uh, yeah. So Saint Louis Catholic Church in Batavia, Ohio. Wait, wait. Saint Louis, like King of France? Yeah. Or Louis Martin. No, uh, St. Louis, King of France. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, or St. Louis, as I think they pronounce it, a Catholic church in Batavia, uh, Ohio. And, uh, and then after that, I did my pastoral year. Uh, in between in, sa- at the Madeline Church. At the, the Madeline. Madeline. Okay. So great people there. They really helped uh, me too. So shout out to uh, Father Desmond Okpogba and the people of the Madeline. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then uh, fourth year, uh, I didn't really have an, I went back to the same church and, and uh, helped teach RCIA, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. And then I uh, was ordained a deacon in 2018 uh, on the feast of St. Philip Neri. So there you go, May 26th. Yeah, May 26th, right. Yeah. So again, another commonality connection between the two pastors of pain, of St. John's anyway. And That's then, right. uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, I was in a parish as a deacon, uh, helped uh, preach, helped preach. I preached. Uh, <laughs> you, you coach so, pitch the <laughs> priest on homiletics? Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to throw up the signals, you know? That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, no, so I preached. I uh, did uh, some baptisms uh, 
the first and only time that I've done eight baptisms at once. I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, so they, they did bapti- at that parish, they did all their baptisms once a month. And so there was like, there were like that six. There's a lot of baptisms. Six or eight baptisms at once. And so it was, that was a privileged time. And then, you know, ordained 2019, St. Benedict's, uh, you know, uh, three great years there under the direction of Father Brian Brooks. What's better, Stillwater or Broken Arrow? Don't have to answer that. Okay, it's. It, it, I'm going to rewind you. I'm going to rewind you. Rewind away. That's me scratching a record. Okay, so I rewind you. What? Why? What started the the thought of becoming a priest and wanting to become a priest, or at least discernment of priesthood? Yeah. So I always, I had always grown up Catholic. Uh, my dad was uh, kind of the main influence in that in my life, and. And he taught me uh, very early on that if I am to surrender myself to God, which he said that I should, you must always be open to his will. And and so, uh, and if it's the will of God, you should do it. Wow. The the wisdom of JP2. That's right. the uh, natural father, not the Pope, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, my father. Sterling, yes. JSP2. JSP2. <laughs> yes. And, you know, uh, I moved from Detroit, Michigan, which is where I'm from originally, to Oklahoma when I was 14. And so growing up in Detroit, it's culturally Catholic, uh, a lot of Polish uh, nationals that have been there forever. And so, <laughs> uh, and so uh, there was this cultural instillment of Catholicism in me, but I really didn't have an understanding per se of what that meant for myself. And when I moved to Oklahoma, where I was one of only, I think, four or five in my high school of 1,000 that were Catholic. What? Yeah. So out of 1,000 kids, I was one of only four or five. And to be honest, at that time, I wasn't even the most active Catholic I uh, uh, went to Mass, and that was about it, and I Saint served Patrick's Mass. St. Patrick's in Sand Springs? St. Patrick's in Sand Springs, uh, you know, which my confirmation name is Patrick. So when we moved to Oklahoma, it was another sign that that was where my uh, dad and I were supposed to go. And anyway, um, served Mass, was challenged by my non-Catholic friends about, like, why are you Catholic? What is this whole thing about confession? You know, can't you just confess your sins to God alone? Uh, you know, all these different things. And so then I th- was like, well, I know the truth. I know the answer that I was given. I don't know why. Oh, okay. And, and well, your dad gave you the answer or was it religious education or Catholic high school, Catholic grade school? What? So I went to Catholic grade school through fourth grade and then religious education uh, for the rest of it. And you just knew, like, hey, I got to go to to a priest to get my sins cleaned out. You didn't understand, like, you know, the keys of Peter, Isaiah chapter 22, or that that's or, what priests do in the Old or Testament. Or Matthew twenty twenty two, right? Uh, uh, no, I didn't understand any of that. Okay. Uh, I just knew it's kind of like in math where you stumble upon the right answer, at least for me, I'm terrible at math, right? <laughs> and so when you stumble upon the right answer and the teacher asks you to show your work and you're like, 
well, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just kind of like, I looked in the back of the book and just did all the odd ant, you know, put it down there. Yes. But I, what I did is I, I tried to do some research. I did looked on YouTube, which was still like very much new at the time. Bishop Robert Barron wasn't really a, 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 household, a, a name. household name yet. He was still Father Barron, you know. Uh, so trying to do all these things and stumbling along the way. But in that stumbling... I came to a, a decision point where I had to say that I've kind of the all or nothing. Either it's all true and I need to buy in or none of it is true and I need to get out. Whoa. Because this was your decision point? It, this is part of it Okay. in high school because as I'm stumbling through these things, in the back of my mind, I'm realizing that I need to, you know, I'm realizing that one – God exists. I still can't explain how God exists or why, but yeah. I know this. And that God has a plan for my life. Okay. And so, and I don't know how to discern or and to discern, you know, simply to decide. I don't know what that plan is. Okay. And I don't know how to get from A to B. Okay. But I know that God exists and he has a plan for me. And so from that, I was able to then, uh, you know, look at different things. And at the time, I wanted to be uh, actually a psychologist uh, early in high school. Okay. Yeah. And so I, you know, took extra psychology classes in school and everything. And, and I thought I would actually go to TCC for a couple of years, transfer into OSU, major in psychology, and from there decide – you know, which program would be, right? Because I wanted to help people. Okay. Yeah. And so from, but at all of this is kind of in the background of like my decision point because I still don't really have a prayer life, but I know I need one. And I know that God has a plan for me. Oh, you knew, you knew this because your dad told you to surrender your life or you like, you knew it intellectually and you kind of felt it in your heart. I knew it, yeah, from a, almost like an instinctive, natural level. I knew this. Uh, be, and I, I also knew from what my father had told me and like growing up uh, with my father, like he modeled for me both in uh, the uh, way that he taught me and in just like, even in his the points of his life that were difficult, he showed me that how to remain faithful to Christ even in the midst of that. And my wow. father passed away from a heart attack at 53 when I was 18. And so that always kind of stuck in my mind is like how, you know, the witness of my father who remained faithful to Christ even in the midst of everything. And so that instilled in me a desire to seek him. Ooh, yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks. Put her there, dude. Come on. Okay, so you got like so your dad. Your dad has been deceased ten years. Yeah, thereabouts. Wow, I remember going to your dad's funeral. Yes, you but, were one of the priests that were there. Uh huh. But I, I don't remember you being eighteen years old when that happened. Yeah, I was eighteen, and I was actually in seminary at the time. So I do remember that. Yes, so that's the reason I went. Right. So how I got to the seminary was because uh, a priest asked me if I wanted to be a priest. Who was that? Father Martin Morgan. 
Marty Morgan? Marty Morgan. You, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, slow eating Marty Morgan? <laughs> That's right. Father uh, Marty Morgan. He was my pastor when I was a kid. Yes. So uh, Father Morgan's dad once told him, to your point about being a slow eater, he once said, and I quote, Marty, you could die of hunger with a full plate of food in front of you. <laughs> he said, yes, but the man has a memory like none other. And so uh, my freshman year of high school, yeah. uh, I had told him that I wanted to be a priest. Uh-huh. And, you know, he gave me some advice that I ignored, like take Spanish classes and whatnot. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, fast forward to senior year, you know, all of these things are kind of coming into, into focus for me. And I am wanting to talk more about it. And so I served Mass. And after Mass, I was going to talk with the Father Morgan, and I couldn't find him. And so I was about ready to leave when he taps me on the shoulder. And after four years of not saying anything, he says, and I quote, James, do you still want to be a priest? <laughs> and He probably said it slower than that. Yes, but I'm a fast talker, so I can't get quite that slow. But but Father Morgan was the one who asked me. Had he not asked me, I don't know what would have happened. So, you know, because from there I got into a discernment group, so a group of guys who also have these same questions. Right? I visited a couple of different seminaries. I heard talks from different priests. And I was like, this is what I I think I need to do. Yeah. And, you know, and to be honest with you, I only thought I was going to be in for a couple of years. And uh, <laughs> because I thought, you know, God's going to, you know, give me a personal prayer life, a personal relationship with him, teach me how to uh, defend him, you know, in front of others. And then, mm-hmm. and then I thought I would then say, well, God, you know, I've given you the time and, and obviously you're calling me away. Would you point me in the direction of the most attractive Catholic girl you can find for me? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And, and, and the you Lord said, oh, go ahead, sorry. And the Lord said, my son, I have other plans for you. <laughs> and you said, holy mother church, she's beautiful. That's right. So <laughs> that's right. My beautiful, my beloved. So, that's right. That's right. Okay. So uh, d- we, we, uh, we have about, about eight minutes left. So I want to ask two things. One, what should you, what would you tell, you know, basically say, 12 to 25-year-old guys, 12-year-olds to 25-year-old guys about like being open and, as your dad said, some, like giving yourself over to the life of God. Yeah. How, how does someone go about doing that? Well, and, then, I, and then from that, and then from that mm-hmm. vocational discernment. Like, well, Yeah. So I think it starts with the universal call to holiness, right? You have to— Isn't that from Vatican II? It is from Vatican II. Some people are like, have you ever read Vatican II? Like, which part? And like, the <laughs> cricket? How about the universal call to holiness? That's All right. of us are supposed to be saints. That's we- right. And if you're not a saint, you're in hell. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Like, it's an all, like, like, you know, a saint is someone who's with God in heaven. So you have to say, let, you know, I want to be a saint. And you have to decide that. First. And it's not like this sort of like Pelagian, like I decide it and therefore it'll actualize in reality. No, it's a lot of work. Like like to be a saint and to be holy, you know, St. Paul says, you know, that I work out my salvation in fear and trembling. Yeah. Right. You know, like and that many trials and tribulations lie in the way of the kingdom of God. So to answer your question. Go on. All right. So I think, you know, you have to say, Lord, I want to be a saint. 
show me the way to sainthood. Show me the way to holiness. And the Lord's going to do it. It won't be what you want necessarily, <laughs> right? Because it requires a unifying of our will to God's will. But when that happens, beautiful things take shape. Everything that happened in my life, both good and and suffering, was for this purpose of being a priest. And I can say that now looking back, but in the midst of it, it's hard. So 12 to 25-year-olds, if when if you're listening to the pastors of pain or the parents or the parents of of you know 12 to 25 year olds instill in your children the reality that they are called to be saints and that God has a plan for their life whether it's marriage priesthood religious life yeah. instill that in them and so then from there and also actually teach them the faith so <laughs> so I uh, I had to do a lot of self study in the faith because I was not taught the faith well. Thus, the difficulties in high school. But from vocational discernment, from that call to holiness, then comes, uh, you know, looking at what particular road God wants me to travel. And so, and so, a lot of that comes in prayer. So, I would encourage people if you don't already cultivate a personal relationship with Christ through. Uh, the Blessed Sacrament through Adoration. A couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, Father O'Brien and Father Kerry regaled us all with this talk cool. on the Eucharist. And then... Uh, uh, Brett did it last week on the show. Brett did it last week. And so uh, now uh, we you know, have that love of the Eucharist. And from there will come a, a voice f- uh, from God that says, I want, I want you to be married or I want you to discern marriage or I want you to discern the priesthood. Oh. Okay. So I so some of those things would work with both guys and girls, you know, women oh, and their and their vocational discernment uh, of life, young men, their vocational discernment of life, but also some some tips for some parents there too. Uh, what would uh, what is uh, so okay, now I, I went from that twelve to twenty five because you worked at St. Benedict's and now you're a priest here in Stillwater, so we got those people that are 25-year-olds. What would you say to people who are over the age of 25 who kind of feel like they don't know where they're going in life? Yeah, I would say stay the course, all right? Because, uh, in fact, I'm um, going to be uh, presiding at a wedding of someone uh, who, you know, like was— asking those same questions as well. And so, but the Holy Spirit kept, you know, telling her to keep going, keep persevering. And now she is marrying the bone of her bones, the flesh of her flesh. He's, are they 80 years old? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're, 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 uh, they're 30. Oh, they're 30. They're 30. But, you know, just keep persevering and, and keep remembering that God's calling you to be a saint. And however he wants you to do it, He's going to give you the way. You yes. just have to be open. Whoa. And that's what you've been doing. That's yeah. what you did, you know, early on in your life. And that's what you, Marty Morgan, I can't believe that. Another commonality. He was my pastor. Uh, I forget what years, but it was somewhere in the middle 90s at St. Thomas More in East Tulsa. He never asked me to if I wanted to be a priest. He probably thought, that lunatic out there, that guy is never, <laughs> never going to be a priest. Of the people on the list, 
the 90-year-old cleaning guy. He would be a priest before that guy. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Father James S. Porter III, uh, you've given us some uh, some great uh, great advice. Uh, okay, now you last. What do you love most about the Eucharist? We're we're talking. You know, it's a year of Eucharistic renewal, Eucharistic zeal, and so we're going to start ending all these podcasts, or at least to have in there like something about the Eucharist for people. Tell tell the good people of God what they what they want. Oh, goodness. I know. Yeah. This is not in your notes. When I was telling you about things we were going to talk about, I, I want you to just give me three things. Just pick three things. Uh, oh, I mean, I, it's I, difficult I, I, because well, the Eucharist is awesome. Okay, let me let me get – I'll say something. I get to can celebrate Mass with you occasionally because during the summertime we only have one Mass a day. And, and I, I, I watch you look at the host. You know the word host, if good people of God, just means simply victim. And I would say – you, the way I see you look at Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, you have this smile on your face. It's pure joy. So that means there's something going on interiorly that's being reflected externally. And sometimes I, I, I see you do that, and I get a good, I get a good chuckle. Okay, tell the people of God one thing. You only got forty seconds. Go. Well, you mentioned uh, me looking at the the host, and when I look at the host, and because I know that that is that is God that. You know, through my has come to be, and through the words that Christ has spoken, I think to myself, "Man, how awesome our Lord is to to become so vulnerable for us." And so, yeah, I love the Eucharist because it is Jesus, and God gives Himself to us so that we can become part of Him and become uh, and become caught up in the divine life. Uh, but that's one of many, many things that I, that I love about the Eucharist. So wow. tune in for more. Tune in for more. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. Uh, so y'all out there, remember this is the year of restoration of the love for Jesus and the Holy Eucharist, Eucharistic zeal, Eucharistic amazement. So go out there and find something. Maybe as uh, both our last couple of guests is spend time with Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Read the scriptures. Read, uh, you know, John chapter 6. Read John chapter 6. Read it over and over again, over again until it becomes part of your day. Maybe sing, like learn some good, beautiful music on the Holy Eucharist. And lastly, pray for us. Pray for the priests of Stillwater and our mission uh, to become Holy Sailing Shepherds. Okay, come visit us in Stillwater. Peace. Peace.